Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job helps us stand strong against the trap of temptation. You see, sometimes pursuing God's way is extremely difficult. And it makes you feel like, well, this is hard. This is not going to make me happy. This is going to make me sad because I feel like I'm not going to be able to do a bunch of things. You know, but God puts standards in your life not to take away joy, but to give joy. Welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And on today's program, Mark is reaching the conclusion of an important message all about temptation. We've been learning how to recognize the empty promises of sin and how to wield truth and trust as our defenses against the snares of the enemy. And in case you missed the first two segments of this message, The Temptation Trap, be sure to visit our website and catch up when you go to boldstepsradio.org. But now let's join Mark for today's edition of Bold Steps. I mean, there's so many do's and don'ts. When I'm 40 years old and have two kids, I'm settled down and I'm married. I think then I'll become a Christian because it will be easier. But right now I have too much life to live. I have too much partying to be done. And and Christianity, all the rules are just going to like, they're a straitjacket and they're not going to really let me live. And so I'm not ready to become a Christian yet. Can I tell you, it's actually the opposite. You see, God's way is harder, but God's way leads to freedom, life, and joy. It's harder. Oh, yeah. Is it harder? Yeah, it's harder. But in the end, it leads to freedom. The enemy comes and he lures us. Come on. Yeah, this is a better way. It's going to be happy. He lures us into it. But it says that the enemy comes to steal. He steals our joy, steals our destiny to kill. He kills our dreams. He he kills our spiritual life and to destroy everything around. That's the ultimate goal of the enemy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, that you're really going to live. And not just live, but I have come that you may live and have life to full abundance. I want you to experience joy and energy and purpose and forgiveness and what it means to live in God and what it means to have healthy relationships and what it means to experience the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. I want you to experience that kind of life. That's what he's calling us to. Do not be deceived, James says. Don't, don't, don't be deceived. But be deceived by what? Don't be deceived into thinking. And and you see, every temptation that we fall into is really because of deception. We somehow think that our way is better than God's way. We somehow think that we'll be happier if we choose our way, even though we know God's way is different. We're lured into thinking that our way is better than God's way. Some of you know that I was raised in a small village in northern Spain called Rubena. 200 people, unpaved streets, and my telephone number was eight. Cheers, eight. It was a small village. And so when you're in a small village, you do small village things. So my friend taught me how to fish 
with a fishing pole for frogs. I told you, it's a small village thing. And so what he would do is he would get a fishing pole and he would find a bright colored flower, usually a red flower, and he would put the red flower on the end of the hook of a fishing pole. We'd go down to the pond where all the frogs are croaking and these were big frogs in a pond. And we would stand on the side and he would throw out the fishing line and hang it over the pond. Just let it hang over the pond. And within a short amount of time, one of these big frogs would throw out their long tongues and it, they would wrap around, they, they got long tongues, these frogs, because they, they can catch flies and insects, throw around their tongue, because the frog is thinking, here's a nice, juicy butterfly that I'm having as an appetizer. But what the frog didn't understand is it's just a flower that looks like a butterfly, but there's a hook on it. And the frog would swallow, would swallow the hook, and then my friend would just reel the frog out, kind of, kind of reel them out, and we would have a frog. He would say, well, why did you do that? Well, then we would take the frogs that we caught, and we would take it to my friend's mother, and she would cook them, and we would eat frog's legs. Go ahead, say, ugh. You know, there's fancy restaurants that sell frog's legs. You know that, right? And it kind of tastes like chicken. So, but the point of this story is that, that the frog thought, aha, I'm getting a juicy butterfly for a meal, but instead it was getting a hook that would lead to their death. What James is telling us is the same thing. Don't be deceived by the hook that looks good, but really is going to lead you to death. Don't be deceived by the fact that it looks like it's going to be a great way, but really it's luring you in to spiritual death. Don't be deceived by it, he says. And remember, listen, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Your best defense against sin is right thinking. What do we get deceived about? We buy into the deception that God, God's way is ultimately not the best way. We buy into the deception that God cannot really be trusted with my life. We buy into the deception that God is not truly watching out for my best interest. Can I tell you one of the greatest lies that leads us down the road of sin and where sin gets a foothold in our life? It's the lie that God's will for your life is that you be happy. We bought into this theology that God, His purpose is to make us happy. I've heard people say that all the time. Well, doesn't God want me to be happy? I remember talking to a 22-year-old girl who had started to date a married man and was having a sexual relationship with a married man, and she was a believer. And she said, well, and when I sat down to confront her about it, I said, what's up with that? I mean, how in the world, what are you thinking? I mean, what's going on up here that you as a believer in Christ would actually be pursuing a married man and think that it's okay? What's up with that? And she said, well, I know, I, I, I figured you probably wouldn't understand. I don't. She said, well, pastor, you see, I know that I, I was praying. I'm lonely, 
I need a man in my life. And I was just, just praying, and I met this man at work, and we started talking, and we connected, and I figured, since I was praying, and, and God wants me to be happy, and I wasn't happy, that God brought this man into my life to make me happy. And I figured, if I'm happy, how can it be wrong if I'm happy? How can it be wrong if it makes you happy? You see, that's common day theology. That's pop theology. That God wants me to be happy, and so if it makes me happy, it doesn't matter whether it's really right or wrong. Ultimately, happiness justifies the means. And I said, hold on, hang on, hang on, sister. Have you ever thought of the married wife that's not make, it's not making her happy at all? Have you ever thought of the family that you're going to ruin here? Have you ever thought that this man is going to use you and probably it's not going to last more than uh, 10 months until he's had his fun and he's going to move on and then you're not going to be happy? Listen, you cannot try to pursue a way that is outside of God's plan. God never said that his plan is to make you happy. Listen, happiness is a byproduct. When we pursue God and his purposes, the byproduct is joy and happiness. When we pursue happiness, listen to me well, because a lot of people in this world, when you say, what are you pursuing? They say happiness. If you are pursuing happiness, regardless of the consequences or who you have to step on or what you have to do, if at the center of your universe is your happiness, then you are called what, what uh, philosophers would call a hedonist. You are, that's called hedonism. It's the unabashed pursuit of pleasure, no matter who you hurt or what you do to other people. Your main goal is your personal happiness. Most hedonists that I know are miserable people. And I've been at their bedside when they're dying. And they lived a life pursuing what they thought would make them happy. They've been married five times, cheated a bunch of times, had a bunch of kids over there, been involved in all kinds of addiction. Why? Because they thought, right now this makes me happy. They've been pursuing happiness, and when they're on their deathbed, they're miserable. What makes you fulfilled and happy is not the pursuit of happiness, but the pursuit of God and your purpose and your destiny and living for God and the byproduct is happiness even though it may be hard. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we'll get to the final part of this liberating message in just a minute. But as we approach the weekend, we want to invite you to tune in this weekend to hear our sister program. We call it Bold Steps Weekend, Mark. Yeah, Bold Steps Weekend is a Bold Steps message, but not the same as our weekday. And so we're in a series entitled Hearing God. I have so many people ask me the question, how do I hear God? How do I know it's God? How do I distinguish the voice of God? Well, this series is about that. And this particular message is part two of Positioned to Hear out of Revelation chapter 3. All right, that's the message starting this weekend on Bold Steps Weekend. You can hear it on many local radio stations or by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. And no matter what your schedule looks like, we've made it easy to fit in some of Mark's insightful teaching with our new feature called the Bold Steps Minute. You can listen to this convenient and insightful 60-second feature by going online to boldstepsminute.org. 
or by subscribing to the Bold Steps Minute wherever you get your podcasts so that it downloads automatically for any time listening. Thank you, Mark. Let's dive back into the conclusion of this three-part message. It's titled The Temptation Trap here on Bold Steps. You see, sometimes pursuing God's way is extremely difficult. And it makes you feel like, well, this is hard. This is not going to make me happy. This is going to make me sad because I feel like I'm not going to be able to do a bunch of things. You know, but God puts those things in your life not to make you sad, but actually to give you a plan that will lead you to fulfillment. God puts standards in your life not to take away joy, but to give joy. So that that guy that's tapping on to internet pornography at 12 o'clock at night and saying, you know, what's wrong with that? It's not bothering anybody, hurting anybody. I mean, I don't even know these women. I'm just getting on my porno site. And, you know, what's wrong with that? Makes me feel good. So I, I just get on the porno site. Oh, maybe you think that it's innocent because it's making you feel good for the moment. But let me tell you, there's a there's an effect that it's having on your heart. First of all, you're engaging sexually with women that you don't know, so you're treating them basically at as objects without having to put any relational equity in there. So it's a cheap thrill that you get off of another woman's body. Secondly, it's starting to distort your image of reality so that when you go back to your wife and say, well, you don't look like a porno star, then it's starting to create discontentment in your heart and it's starting to make you look at every woman out there as a sexual object so it may seem like it's innocent, but the Bible calls it lust and what ultimately it's doing, it's corrupting your heart and doing damage to your soul and it seems like it's innocent, but ultimately it's deception that leads to destruction in your life as well. So. God's way may not always seem like the easiest way, but God's way is always the way that leads to life. So let me just wrap it up with this. Listen, so what is the truth that helps us stand strong? Well, it's first of all that God gives only good gifts, that everything good is from God. It's the truth that and it says, coming down from the, from the heavenly lights. It's in the present participle, which means nothing to you, but if you understand Greek and understand what the present participle is the tense, that means he continually, it's not a one occasion, but he continually gives good gifts. So it's not a one-time thing, it's an ongoing thing. Thirdly, it's the fact that God doesn't change. I am so stoked by the fact that God isn't moody. I don't wake up in the morning and say, I wonder what God, I wonder what mood God is in today. How many of you have moody people in your life? Don't point to your spouse. Don't, don't say, don't, don't, you're tempted to, don't, I'm going to. And how many of you know when moody people, you're wondering, like, I wonder how they're feeling today. Will this be a good day or a bad day? Let me tell you, God is not moody. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistently good. He's consistently faithful. He's consistent and faithful to his promises. That's the way that God is. And so it tells us here, who does not change like shifting shadows, and then it closes with verse 18. Listen, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. So he says, don't be deceived by lies, but God chose to give us birth 
through the word of truth. What's the word of truth? The Bible, the gospel. That we may be the kind of first fruits of all of creation. Let me tell you, God has chosen to wipe out or crucify your old sinful nature through what the Bible calls being born again. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. And when we are born again, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, comes and lives inside of us and begins to change us from the inside out, giving us supernatural power that we do not possess on our own to change. This is really important that you understand. I talk to people that tell me, I tried religion and it didn't work for me. And a lot of people have. Religion is a set of rules and standards that you try to measure up by your own self-effort to say, I'm going to try to be good, I'm going to try to be kinder, I'm going to try not to envy. Religion, if that is your experience, you will always fail. You cannot measure up to the standards of God because you have a sinful nature inside of you. Christianity is not religion. Christianity is you saying, I totally acknowledge that I can't live up to that standard. So I surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus and ask that he would come into my life and change me from the inside out because I can't even start to change myself. It's surrendering to a power that is greater than us to change us from the inside out. And that's what it means to be born again. If you've tried religion, you've failed at it or gotten proud that you more or less kept it. Christianity is about God, the birth happening inside of us through a simple act of faith, re believing, repenting, and yielding, and allowing someone who is greater than us to transform us from the inside out. That's what the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Listen, you can never white knuckle it and improve yourself enough to be acceptable unto God. It has to be a power that is greater than you working inside of you, changing that which you could never change on your own. It's the power and the work of a supernatural God inside of you. And he tells us really in this passage, that it's through the truth that we may be the kind of first fruits of all creation. Religion scares us into trying to be obedient. And some of you were raised in religion and hellfire is what scared you. Like, I'm going to go to hell if this does this. I'm going to go to hell. You're around people that said, hey, you want to go to hell? Come here. You're misbehaving. Take your hand. Let's put it in that fire. You feel how hot that is? That's where you're going if you don't change. The fear of punishment can change the outside, but it will not change the heart. If you have a very strict, overbearing father that you know will crack down on you and has very relationship, but he runs the household like a commander, like a military official, it may work while you're in the house, but as soon as you go to college, you're free. And you go wild. Because fear kept you in line. But when you're out of that fear, it's not 
character inside of you. But if you have a father that loves you, that builds into your heart, that speaks into your character, that believes, that has his DNA and speaks value and culture, even when you're out of the house, you still want to please him because it's deep inside. The Bible tells us it's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to sin. Grace is his favor. Grace is his love. It teaches us to say no to sin and to live godly. And that's what Titus tells us. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. I close with this last story. You've heard of St. Augustine. St. Augustine was, wasn't always that much of a saint. In fact, before he became converted, he was a wild womanizer. You may have not known that about St. Augustine. But he came to Christ, and they say that one day he was walking down the street, and there was a woman that he used to have an affair with, a pretty loose woman of the street. And she saw him, and she said, Augustine! And he kept walking. Augustine! And he kept walking. Finally, she ran after him, tapped him on the shoulder. She said, Augustine, it is I! He turned around and looked at her, and he said, yes, but it is no longer I. You see, what he was saying is, I'm not that old Augustine that you used to sleep with. I've been made new in Christ Jesus. This is a new person, birthed by the Spirit of God. The old Augustine is gone. A new Augustine is here. And it's Augustine that's filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, born again and changed by the power of God. Amen? Yeah, so some of you are listening to this message and you are saying, Pastor, I really struggle with temptation. And I don't know what your temptation is. We all have different temptations. And maybe it's an old relationship that you just can't seem to break off. And every time you get together, it ends up crossing sexual lines that you know it's just not where God wants you to be. Or maybe it's overindulging in alcohol and you've been trying to break the that rhythm, that habit of drunkenness in your life. Or maybe it's pornography and you promise up and down, I'm not going to engage in it, but you find yourself late at night scrolling through pages of pornographic material. And I want to say this, regardless of what your temptation is, as a believer in Jesus Christ, with the Spirit of the living God inside of you and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you have the power to begin to break the habit, that draw, that attraction, that grip that this temptation has over you. You have the power today. I want you to know that because you are no longer a slave to sin. You have been set free and you have the power. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for that person that has thought, I will never, never, never be able to break free from this temptation, from this habit. I pray in Jesus' name that you would breathe hope into them today. I pray that your grace, yeah, not, not the condemnation, but your grace uh, will teach us to say no to sin because your incredible love your incredible favor and the power of the Holy Spirit that draws us to yourself and teaches us to rebuff sin and temptation. I pray that that will be our reality, not just our theory or our theology, but that will become our practical reality. 
And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mark, I think it's appropriate we're offering our listeners our Bold Steps gift, Unstuck, because if you're stuck in sin and temptation, this is a great book to read. Absolutely. Uh, Some of you know that I wrote a book called Out of Your Cave, Into Your Call, Unstuck. And this book has really ministered to so, so many people. And it was a message that I felt like I needed to write down in a book fashion. And by the way, I had a bunch of people praying and fasting as I wrote this book. And so many people have been able to take these principles and transition to a new place in life because of the principles that they applied in this book. Well, you can request your copy of Unstuck today. When you give a financial gift of any amount, go online to boldstepsradio.org or make that donation over the phone by calling 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift and request for the book through the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And while you scramble to get a pen, let me give it again. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And before we close out this week, don't forget to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly, and be on the list to get your copy next Monday morning. Start your week off encouraged and inspired with the truths from God's Word to relate to your life. Sign up today at boldstepsradio.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's all the time we have today. But next week... Mark continues our new study in the book of James with a message about where our faith truly comes from. Don't miss this message on identity and belief Monday here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.